My name is Kayla, and I am the host of the Healing Inspires podcast. Um, I created this podcast in hopes to inspire you to take a leap of faith in creating a life that honors who you really are at your core. Um, You know, we all go through trials and tribulations and trauma, and it's just part of our journey. And here I want to encourage you to lean in, stand tall, push forward, and face those battles within you. I want to bring my listeners a variety of ideas around healing, growth, change, and connection in hopes to inspire conscious living and creating a life that you absolutely love and you look forward to every single day. to episode three of the Healing Inspires podcast. Um, In this episode, I am going to be doing a little bit of a continuation over the change triangle. I do want to give a brief summary for anyone who hasn't listened to the other episodes, Um, but I'm going to put a link in the show notes for um, an example of the change triangle, just so you have it for a reference, um, if that's something you're interested in, because a lot of what I'm talking about is based around the change triangle. Um, um, the change triangle is basically a triangle that is upside down. So at the top, the top um, two corners, there is um, defenses. These are things that you do to avoid dealing with the true emotion that you're feeling. On the other side of the top of the triangle is the inhibitory emotions. This is like anxiety and shame and guilt. When these things happen, it's usually coming from a place of not being able to truly feel the core emotion. At the bottom of the triangle is the core emotions, which include happiness, joy, sadness, um, fear, anger, excitement, sexual excitement. I think that's all of them. I might be missing one or two. I don't know. But yeah, so let's uh, get this episode going. I've been using this thing a lot and I've been um, using it for myself and I've been using it to try to understand other people. And it has been crazy, you guys. Like, it has been so crazy. I feel like I have had more growth in myself in the last, like, freaking three weeks, a month than I've had all last year. Like, I did not realize how important it was to just slow down and access your emotions. I've also had like kind of some things going on in my life. So like there has been some like growth opportunities, um, but having those things show up and then having this tool to use with them has been, I mean, it's just been really helpful if I'm being honest. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of want to go into maybe a little bit about that and then a little bit about just like, what, what are these, um, emotions and why are they so important to access? And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get a little more clarity around 
not just the change triangle, but the benefits of using it and what accessing your emotions can do for you. So the first experience I want to talk about where I was utilizing the change triangle, and this is a pretty like intimate experience, but I think that it's important. And, um, and I think it's powerful and it was really powerful for me, honestly. So for me, I had some, an opportunity to sort of feel, uh, some vulnerability and some, um, some triggers even around dating. Um, I had, I had been dating someone recently and things were really, um, a little bit intense and exciting and new. I haven't really dated in a while. So, um, I had some things come up where I felt, uh, triggered and, you know, I know for myself, some of my core like wounds and core beliefs are usually around like feeling like people don't maybe care about me or, um, I'm very, I can be very sensitive to rejection. And I had some of these things pop up, um, through different interactions And so I used the change triangle to sort of try to access those. And I used it in combination with uh, meditation. And what happened was I was able to realize, you know, stress and anxiety was obviously at the top of the triangle. And so that was not um, my true emotion that was um, going on. But when I was able to get down to my authentic emotions and my core emotions, um, through uh, this specific experience, I was able to realize that I was feeling completely sad, completely out of control. And um, and during a meditation, I was able to really access this um, part of me that first experienced those feelings. And I, I, could, I went back in time really like in my meditation and I was... Um, witnessing myself as a teenager when I first really encountered this type of feeling and this type of experience. And um, I really do feel like having that change triangle tool is what helped me get that memory, connect the dots between that memory. So when I was able to really sit with the emotion and go, oh God, this feels so not good. It feels so not good. And, and it was in, you know, really slowing down, really being quiet. I was able to then see when have I felt this before? And it took me back to that time. And that was really interesting and really powerful because I went back to that time and then I went even further back to, um, an even earlier memory when I felt a similar feeling And I was like, oh my God, okay, so I have felt this before and I have avoided this. This is, I've avoided this a lot. And so in that moment of sitting with how I was feeling and then connecting it to past experiences, I was able to really reconcile some things for myself, which was super powerful. And and it kind of um, disenchanted the, whole fear around the experience and the emotion itself. It was like, okay, this is not a deadly thing. I can survive this. And I was kind of able to have this sort of powwow with my, 
you know, my current self and my past selves and be like, look, man, it's going to be okay. And so that was a really interesting experience. And then I started doing some research on like inner child work and inner child healing. And there's a whole lot of information. There's a lot of people out there that really believe in this approach and it's really powerful stuff. You know, I've actually gone to a, um, a healer that did some inner child sort of exercises with me. And I didn't really get anything out of them at that time. But, you know, um, I understood what he was trying to do, you know, helping me connect with the the feelings and the person who I was when I was, you know, younger. But unfortunately, I think whenever I met with him, I didn't have access to my emotions because I was living at the top of the triangle. I was living with the defenses and the inhibitory um, emotions. So I had no access to my core emotions. And I feel like that having those access to the core emotions was a, a super key component to getting access to making those correlations with those past experiences. So that was just, that's just me. That's just something that transpired with me utilizing the change triangle that I thought was really powerful. And I just felt like, you know what, I should share this. And I'm not sure that it would go down for you that way, but, um, I think that it's just an indication that powerful things can happen when you choose to access your true self and your true emotions. Next thing I sort of started to realize when I was utilizing the change triangle was um, that, you know, I have some really uh, codependent patterns and it's not so much about the codependency, but I was able to identify some codependency by asking myself why, you know, whenever I was feeling a certain way, why am I feeling this way? And digging into the emotions that I was feeling, I was able to see patterns more clearly. And that's really what's happened more than anything is just being able to see so many different patterns. Um, and I did end up really digging into um, attach attachment theory over the last few weeks, which attachment theory is really powerful work. So attachment theory is based around basically that there is an insecure attachment and a secure attachment. If you've ever taken a basic psychology class, you've probably been introduced to it. And if you've ever done any kind of like um, couples work with different, I don't know, stuff, like a lot of times they'll bring up attachment theory. And if you've been to therapy, sometimes they'll bring it up too. And I will say like for myself, I definitely have, I've been aware that I have like super insecure attachment just because of my experiences around, um, security. Uh, for instance, I moved around a lot as a kid and, um, combining like the knowledge I have around, um, insecure attachments and using the change triangle, it kind of gave me access to myself a little bit more in terms of how am I showing up and how is my attachment showing up Two different things you know, and then how is my codependency showing up? So really it just kind of, it enhanced my understanding of these different modalities and tools. Uh, and just because it's such a basic, basic tool that literally helps you identify and articulate 
what it is that you're feeling. Hillary Jacobs Hindle, the girl who wrote, um, the lady who wrote the, uh, it's not always depression where I got the change triangle, uh, material from, she talks in her book about how important it is to just articulate, put language around emotion. It like helps our brain kind of connect dots and like build, um, neural pathways. We are experiencing a big majority of our life at an unconscious level. We are conditioned, we are wired, we have patterns that are very difficult to identify when you're in the thick of it. When you're operating at the unconscious level, you are going to have more difficult experiences because the unconscious mind wants to basically get your needs met, avoid pain, or get pleasure. And those three things, you know, getting your needs met, avoid pain, and get pleasure, your unconscious mind doesn't care really how you get them done. Just get them. Because that's, that's and that's a survival thing. Like that's, um, you know, that's an evolutionary thing. But the reality is that while the subconscious mind is getting those things done, it's not always the most effective way. And the reality is you can't outwill your uh, subconscious mind. So you can have moments of maybe spurts of outwilling it with a conscious thing, but until you really reprogram what's going on at an unconscious level, those unconscious pathways are just so strong. And until they are rewired, it's going to be very difficult to... Um, fall out of them. And the way that you have to, well, and the way that the unconscious mind is really wired is through emotion and repetition. And that's how you have to rewire it as well. And, um, I listened to a lady named Thais Gibson. She does like a personal development school and she talks, talks a lot about attachment theory. I will put her information in the show notes for this episode, but when it comes to um, recognizing the subconscious, I feel like the change triangle and dealing with your emotions, recognizing where you're at on that emotional triangle, you have access at that point to your unconscious mind a little bit. When you know what your emotions are doing, you have some insight on what's going on behind the scenes. So my, when your body's it, cause your body, cause emotion is your, is in your body. Like you're feeling it. It's a sensation and the sensation creates like a cause and effect thing for you. And, um, whatever the sensation is, it is a tool that physical sensation is a tool that your unconscious mind uses to create patterns and relay information to the brain that you don't even realize is going on. And that's why we end up doing these things like sabotaging ourselves or procrastinating or, um, you know, pushing people away or getting, you know, craving them and getting them, trying to get them really close. All these different little things that we do that are all an effort to avoid pain, get pleasure, or have your needs met. So if you can kind of really get yourself at an objective 
point and go, you know what? Okay. So this is all that I'm doing. You can kind of start to eliminate the shame associated with your patterns and beliefs. They just are what they are because of your experiences over time. And you start to normalize them a little bit and maybe even make connections with the patterns that you um, have with the emotions that's when they kind of get their powers are disabled a little bit. And then you're able to uh, take a step back and make some decisions. Okay, how am I going to not carry the same patterns and associations with certain emotions? And this is not an overnight thing at all. I mean, I'm going to be super real with y'all. Uh And I think everyone knows that nothing happens overnight. You have to take baby steps. But the deal is this. Consistently using the tool, you'll consistently be rewiring how you deal with emotions. So for instance, when I notice that I have emotion coming up that is... Um, even positive, you know, but something that is just maybe more elevated in one way or another. I try to make it t- make time to sit with it. Or if, if I can't do it in that moment, you know, okay, sure, brush it aside, avoid it, but then try to circle back later. Okay, let's go sit with that feeling again. What was that? What was that? Where was that coming from? What did it mean? You know, and figuring out, was, was I feeling, you know, on the top of the triangle, was I being defensive or inhibiting my emotion or, you know, was I in the emotion and, and then asking the questions, you know, where, where did this come from? Why am I feeling this way? And looking at it from that, that lens. And that is what gives me access to the different parts of me and the different parts being like my different experiences and these patterns. Well, once I can lay eyes on the pattern, it's it's a lot easier to change it. I mean, not completely. They still show up in other ways. Um, so it's, it's a constant effort. But you can just at least start the process. And um, what that looks like, at least for me, is identifying the thoughts that are creating the experience. Um, and the thoughts usually are, you know something that that is down that comes down to a core belief or a core wound so so another thing about recognizing what the feelings are that I'm experiencing gives me an opportunity to not only sit with them for myself but also communicate them to others in a way that um I can help them make sense of my experience through my lens. And, you know, obviously when, if you are around people who love and care about you, and if you share this sort of stuff, it can be pretty powerful. And I think that they can put forth more effort in helping uh, facilitate a relationship that is mutually beneficial. Um, and, and it's not always, it doesn't always go perfect. It, and a lot of times it probably will be very imperfect, but it's effort and it's, um, and it's progress and it's headed in the right direction. And, you know, if you're consistently able to identify exactly what it is that you're feeling 
and exactly what it is that you like or don't like. And you can communicate it to another person in an effective way. And if they love and care and respect you, the things are only going to get improved and get better and better. And you can also do it for them. The more that you can begin to understand yourself, the better you can um, appreciate them when they are expressing their needs, wants, and desires. And you can go, okay, this is important to you. Okay, I, just like I'm wanting you to show up for me in this way, I'm, I definitely want to show up for you in that way, blah, blah, blah. So it, it, it's, a, it's a really positive thing to be able to effectively communicate about your, your feelings and your wants and your needs. And, but you have to be able to access them. If you are reactive and you are um, responding to people from a wounded place, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. Well, you're going to continue to hurt people. And that's no bueno. No one wants to do that, um, at least not intentionally. And even if you do feel like you want to hurt someone, it's probably because you're feeling really hurt. And um, the reality is nobody is going to fix your hurts. You have to fix your wounds. Nobody's going to do that work for you. And what I'm talking about here, these are just tools that you can use to help yourself on that journey to heal yourself. But the reality is this, whatever it is that has caused you pain and wounded your yourself, um, that inner self, that wounded child, whatever, whatever that is, that is your journey. That is your mission to go ahead and fix. And if you're wanting to have really great relationships with other people and um, be there, and I, and I don't want to say be the best version of yourself, but the truest version of yourself, the version of yourself that the people that care about you most want um, if you want to be that, you have to be in touch with what's really going on within you. Um, and and the more you practice, the better you'll get. And there's lots of different, you know, ways you can do that. But I think this triangle, man, this triangle is a real game changer, in my opinion, um, when it comes to applying it to um, even other other tools, you know, like when I was talking about the whole attachment thing, when you kind of combine the two, it can just, it can be really powerful. So I would encourage anyone to look into that, especially if you're trying to explore yourself and the work that you do, it, it starts with you, you know, the work you do in the world, there's all these cheesy quotes, be the change you want to see in the world or whatever. But that, I mean, as cheesy as it is, it's true. If you want to see change in others, you have to be willing to change yourself and change is hard and change start, changes at the, and we're talking change at the subconscious level. And the only way you're going to access the subconscious level is through your emotions. Your emotions are like a map of what is going on within you subconsciously. What I would like to add is just going a little bit more in depth around needs. And we all have needs. There's different levels to our needs. There's like the really super um, deep primal needs. And then there's like the more personality needs that we have. So if you think about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, these are like the, the needs towards the top of the triangle. 
But my point is, is that we all have needs. And I don't think a lot of people can consciously identify their needs. Truly. That can be really problematic if your subconscious needs are... I'm sorry, if your subconscious mind is the one that is um, dictating how you're going to get your needs met and you don't even know what your needs are and your subconscious is doing some crazy crap, you know? So there's like this whole puzzle that you got to really put together. What are my needs? What are my wants? What are my desires? What are my feelings? And how are they all connected? So for instance, for me, I had my daughter. This was an aha moment I had when I was digging into my needs. Um, I have my daughter who is wonderful. She is five. She'll be six this year. Um, I was looking at these different needs categories and they were, I was listening to like a, a webinar on it. And basically when we all have needs around love and connection, um, significance, um, growth, uh, certainty, uncertainty, and then contribution into like our community. These are like the core, uh, emotional needs. And, um, when I was thinking about those and reflecting on them, I was like, wow, you know what? Subconsciously, I definitely think that me having my daughter and getting pregnant because she was an unexpected pregnancy, me having her or me like um, that situation happening had a lot to do with my subconscious need for um, love and connection and significance. You know, I think that there was my subconscious mind, I think definitely felt a longing for love and connection and also felt a longing to um, be needed and be, feel significant. And mind you, that is no reason for anyone to have a baby. Um, but I, I wasn't aware that that's what was going on inside of me um, at the conscious level. But in hindsight, I can look back and I can see that being a subconscious thing. It's kind of similar when I got my first dog. Like she met a lot of needs for me, and um, and this and this is problem and this is problematic when you're getting your needs met outside of yourself because these sort of situations create themselves in a subconscious way. And, um, like I said, you know, a need for love and connection, a need for uh, significance is not a need is not a reason to have a baby, you know, but these types of things can happen in people's lives. And so, um, understanding what is going on, uh, can prevent you from making future choices that are maybe not the most effective or ideal to get your needs met. And you can, you can do a little bit more calculating for yourself of what is it that I really want and how do I want to create it? How do I want to create it? Because, um, Everything happens, you know, I'm, I'm a kind of a spiritual person, so I think everything happens for a reason and everything falls into place. And um, I definitely would never take any of my past choices back. But going forward, knowing what I know now, I will I make a, I want to make a point to create my life in a way that is very conscious of who I am, who I really am and what I need and um, what I want and creating it with intention and not, not just, um, 
and not just having intention, but having a plan, you know? So now I'm at this point where I'm trying to create habits that basically meet all of my core needs um, daily for myself so that I know that I'm pouring, I'm filling my own cup fully and I'm using the roadmap of my emotions, but I can fill my cup up fully for myself and then that way the excess can go to the relationships and the work and the people and all the other things I have going on in my life. But the key is, you know, to create this sort of comfort in my own world and security in my own world that is completely curated by me with intention. The intention to make sure that my needs are met at a conscious level and recognizing when my subconscious is trying to step in and get needs met. And um, that's where that change triangle again comes in. Your subconscious needs are showing up through your emotions and through your behaviors and through your patterns. Because your subconscious mind, like I said, feels the emotions. It says, okay, whenever I feel this emotion, if I do this, I can get this need met. And that's not always a healthy pattern. Sometimes it's a fine pattern. And especially if you're trying to get your needs met outside of yourself, that now that is not um, the best route. Because the reality is, is the things outside of yourself you have no control over. So you can, sure, maybe have good outcomes sometimes, but a lot of times it requires really some negative, uh, negative behaviors to that that involve often trying to control people or situations that you know ultimately you can't and if you are controlling a situation outside of yourself it's usually through like manipulation tactics and things like that and that's not that's just not I mean I'm going to speak for myself. I don't know about everyone else, but I know that that's just not for me. That's not how I want to show up in the world. I don't want to create, like, I don't want to create um, relationships and I don't want to create um, an environment where my needs are being met outside of myself through me manipulating. Okay. And another area that I want to talk about with this whole thing is how it's helped me understand other people. And this includes like my daughter, who is um, going to be six this year. And um, I have a 10-year-old sister, my mother, uh, people around me who I have been able to see their, um, not only see their defenses and go, okay, they're in a defensive state. I've been able to help bring them out of a defensive state or out of an inhibitory state to access what's really going on with them and that has been helpful for them to, you know, improve upon whatever the situation is, especially when they're in those um, upper levels of the triangle. Um, also with my daughter, you know, when as a six-year-old, you know, when she is experiencing emotions, I haven't always been able to like in the moment, stay in the moment with her because I'm just like, overwhelmed and I'm just like oh my god what is going on this kid throwing a fit or whatever but 
having uh, the change triangle, not only can I keep myself more regulated whenever she's having her moments, um, I've been able to like kind of put boundaries around myself, my, my emotions and not getting caught up in her whirlwind. And then when I'm calm, I'm able to be more calm for her, which is really powerful. And then I'm also able to help her understand her own emotions a little bit better, at least age appropriately. It's kind of hard to talk emotions too much with a six-year-old. Um, that's, you know, it takes a lot of patience, but at minimum, showing her how to at least regulate her own emotions a little bit, you know, and, um, you know, there's tons of parenting books I should probably read, but I do know at least at minimum me staying calmer in the heat of a moment instead of escalating with the child is always beneficial for everybody. And that's a difficult task to do sometimes, especially like I'm a single parent. So all the single moms out there, yo, I feel you. It's, it's crazy. But, you know, noticing when like I'm starting to feel the emotion, it gives me that, like I said, the space between, okay, this emotion is here. I'm feeling it. It doesn't mean it has to overwhelm me. I can just sit with it for a second. Yes, I'm feeling angry. Yes, I'm feeling agitated. Or yes, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I can sit with it and I can look at it from a more objective standpoint and go, okay, okay. But I don't have to be consumed by it completely or completely engulfed in it. And that is a, it's a powerful thing. And a lot of people don't have that skill and it takes time to develop, so... That's another area where I've seen a lot of good things come out of this change triangle. Y'all, thank you so much for listening to episode three of the Healing Inspires podcast. I will be putting some show notes um, in the description um, around Thais Gibson and her work on attachment theory and um, her personal development school because I did get a lot of information, especially um, around personal needs and things like that from her. And, um, I want to give you guys that resource. If that's something that interests you and you want to explore more, she has a YouTube channel. She's got her personal development school. I think she lets you do a free seven day trial, which I did do a couple of her courses and I loved them. I got so much out of them. Um, so I would really totally encourage you to do those if that's something that you're interested in and if that's where you're at and trying to better understand yourself. Um, and I think that's it. The next episode, I do want to go into her work a little bit more with attachment theory and looking at insecure attachments and secure attachments and kind of how those impact the way we show up in the world. And, um, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode and thanks for all your guys' support. Bye.